fly was buzzing along one morning when he saw a lawnmower that someone had left out in their front yard. He flew over and sat on the handle watching children going down the sidewalk on their way to school. One little boy tripped on a crack and fell and spilled his lunch on the sidewalk and he picked himself up and he picked up his lunch and put it all back in the bag and went on, but he he missed a piece of bologna, which continued to lay there on the sidewalk. And the fly had not eaten that morning and was terribly hungry, and so he flew down and started eating the bologna. In fact, he ate so much that he could not fly. So he waddled across the sidewalk, across the lawn, up the wheel of the lawnmower, up the handle, and sat there resting. As he looked over, he saw that there was still some bologna laying on the sidewalk. He was so stuffed, but that bologna looked so good, and finally, temptation got the best of him, and he jumped off the handle of the lawnmower to fly over to the bologna, but alas, he was too full to fly, and he landed on the sidewalk with a splat, killing him instantly. The moral of the story, don't fly off the handle when you're full of baloney. (laughs) Temptation is real, right? Uh, I mean, we're all tempted by many things. Maybe you're tempted to fly off the handle. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're tempted to eat too much baloney or eat too much whatever. Or I guess fill in the blank. We're all tempted by so many things. It seems like a battle that we just can't win, but, but Jesus in, includes this line on temptation in the Lord's Prayer, and, and in doing that, uh, he, he not only knows that, that temptation is real and difficult, but he wants, he wants us to know that he is there to help us as we face it. Giving in to temptation isn't inevitable. We can pray for God's deliverance, so Jesus invites us to pray along with him, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, first off, in order to pray this part of the prayer with Jesus, uh, there's something that has to be going on inside of us, or or else we're just saying words. We don't really mean it. We, We have to have a desire to not be evil, right? Uh, we have to have the desire to not give in to temptation, uh, but, but I'm not sure that that's always our desire. I think, I think there are, I, I, I don't know, I, I was reminded of the story of the, the man who, uh, who was in session with his psychiatrist, and he confessed, I've been misbehaving, and my conscience is bothering me. And the doctor responded, well, I suppose you want me to prescribe something that will strengthen your willpower, and the man said, actually, I was thinking of something that would weaken my conscience. I'd rather, rather have something that would weaken my conscience. And then there's the, the, the story of the boy who was in confessional one afternoon at, and uh, shared with the priest through the screen there. He said, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Father, I've had impure thoughts. And the priest said, thank you for your honesty, son. Those, those impure thoughts, did, they entertain, uh, did you entertain them? And the boy said, no, but they entertained me. I'm not sure that we always want to be led away from temptation and to be delivered from evil. I I think there are many of us who who pray this prayer. We simply want to not be affected by evil or or we want to have good in our lives as as we define it. But to truly pray this prayer is, is to ask God for his help and his power in overcoming sin and trials in our lives. We have to want to be delivered from evil. That's first. If, if we're not there yet, we, it doesn't matter any of the, any of the rest of, of digging into these, this phrase today. 
There's, there's a bit of confusion about this phrase uh, around, around this lead us not into temptation because we have to ask the question, well, does God actually lead us into temptation? We're asking him not to, so maybe, maybe the, the converse is true, that, that God actually leads us or, or tempts us to sin, draws us toward it uh, and, and tempts us to sin. The emphatic answer to that is no, that, that doesn't happen. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 13, he, he addressed this specifically. He says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. God does not entice us toward evil. However, uh, God does allow us to be enticed, right? He, he allows temptation, so our, our prayer is that he would lead us away from the things that would, would drag us away and entice us. We, we want him to, to lead us away from those temptations. But we, we got to dig a little bit deeper because there's this word used that, that, that is translated in English as temptation. It's used uh, uh, throughout the New Testament, and, and, uh, and, and it means more than just temptation. It, it, in Greek, it also means test or testing. A time of testing. It can also mean a trial, a difficult thing that you're going. All three of those, the temptation, a test, or a trial, all of those things are, are, are part of what this, this word is. So it's not just a temptation or enticing towards sin. And, and we have to see that God does have a reputation of, of testing people. The most well-known example is with Abraham when, when God told him to take his only son, Isaac, and offer him as a sacrifice, right? And, and God was testing Abraham's commitment to him. And, and when he saw that Abraham was indeed willing to, to go through this uh, and, and serve him at any cost, then God stopped him from killing his son. And, and so he, Abraham passed the test, right? God does test us at times. And that's, in, that's included in, in this part of the prayer. We're also not exempt from, from trials in life, right? Uh, uh, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1 uh, that we can rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer all kinds of trials. James chapter 1 says that we should welcome trials as and tests because they make us stronger and help us to persevere. Uh, Jesus himself told his disciples, in this world you will have troubles, he says. Uh, This this word that we've translated as temptation can and does mean all of those things. Enticement to sin, trials that we suffer, and tests that we endure. Taking all that in then, Jesus tells us, in teaching us this prayer, Jesus tells us that we shouldn't be seeking out or asking for any of that. We shouldn't want God to lead us into any of those things. He's not going to lead you toward sin. He might lead you toward trials or testing, but, but don't seek it out. Don't intentionally place yourself in the way that, that, that leads toward evil. In, um, in thinking about all that this week, I was reminded of the, uh, the great theologians from the I Can Read book series, Frog and Toad. I don't know if you've, uh, you've ever read Frog and Toad. Um, I want to read just a, just a chapter, if you'll indulge me this morning. It's entitled, Cookies. Toad baked some cookies. I should have had the pictures. I don't have the pictures. I'm sorry. And I, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't, anyway. Frog and toad. Picture it in your head. 
Uh, Toad baked some cookies. These cookies smell very good, said Toad, and he ate one. And they taste even better, he said. Uh, Toad ran to Frog's house. Frog, Frog, cried Toad, taste these cookies that I have made. Frog ate one of the cookies. These are the best cookies I've ever eaten, said Frog. Frog and Toad ate many cookies, one after another. You know, Toad, said Frog, with his mouth full. Oh, sorry. Toad, said Frog, with his mouth full. I think we should stop eating. Stop eating. We will soon be sick. You are right, said Toad. Let us eat one last cookie, and then we will stop. Frog and Toad ate one last cookie. There were many cookies left in the bowl. Frog, said Toad, let us eat one very last cookie, and then we will stop. And Frog and Toad ate one very last cookie. We must stop eating, cried Toad, as he ate another. Yes, said Frog, reaching for a cookie. We need willpower. What is willpower, asked Toad. Willpower is trying hard not to do something that you really want to do, said Frog. You mean like trying not to eat all of these cookies, asked Toad. Right, said Frog. Frog put the cookies in a box. There, he said, now we will not eat any more cookies. But we can open the box, said Toad. That is true, said Frog. Frog tied some string around the box. There, he said, now we will not eat any more cookies. But we can cut the string and open the box, said Toad. That is true, said Frog. Frog got a ladder. He put the box up on a high shelf. There, said Frog. Now we will not eat any more cookies. But we can climb the ladder and take the box down from the shelf and cut the string and open the box, said Toad. That is true, said Frog. Frog climbed the ladder and took the box down from the shelf. He cut the string and opened the box. Frog took the box outside. He shouted in a loud voice, Hey, birds, here are cookies. Birds came from everywhere. They picked up all the cookies in their beaks and flew away. Now we have no more cookies to eat, said Toad sadly. Not even one. Yes, said Frog, but we have lots and lots of willpower. You may keep it all, Frog, said Toad. I'm going, to home, going home to bake a cake. And that is the end of the chapter. We need a lot more than willpower to resist temptation, right? Uh, there was a story of a, of a mother who told her son not to go swimming in the, that afternoon. And yet later in the, in the day, right before dinner, he, she saw him coming back to the house and his hair was wet and he had a swimsuit on and he was all wet and it was obvious he'd gone swimming. She said, I told you, I told you not to go swimming. And he said, I couldn't help it, mom. The water looks so good. And she said, but why did you take your bathing suit? And he said, in case I was tempted, I took my bathing suit. Evil is not God's will for us. He promises that there is always a way out when we are tempted. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. But sometimes we fly right past the way out. The way out was, was to not have cookies in the house, right? The way out was to leave your swimsuit at home. It, it, it's the old joke of the guy that goes to the doctor and says, Doc, I broke my arm in two places. What do I do? And the doctor says, don't go to those places, right? It, I, I, I picture it like driving down the highway towards sin and, and God provides an off-ramp and we blow right past it and then we get right up on the temptation and it seems unbearable and we say, God, I need a way out. You said you'd have a way out. He said it was back there and you missed it. 
Stay out of those places, right? Part, part of what it means to live out this prayer, lead us not into temptation, is, is to not mess around with the things that tempt us. When we're tempted, if we follow God, he will lead us out of it. When Jesus is teaching this prayer to his disciples and, and the crowds, it, it hadn't been very long since he had battled temptation and trial and testing himself. He'd spent a month and a half in the wilderness without food, right? Uh, uh, it was a trial for sure. And, and the evil one, the, the, the devil, had, had tempted him three times specifically towards sin. And, and every time that the devil came and, and tried to entice Jesus toward evil, Jesus uh, countered that uh, temptation with scripture. Actually, I think there are two things that, uh, that Jesus experienced there in the wilderness uh, uh, that, that he uh, relied on to stand up in that temptation testing and temptation and trial that, that, that we can, we can uh, uh, experience in our own lives as well. Jesus had a close relationship with God the Father, and he knew and obeyed the Bible. Those are key ingredients, maybe the key ingredients to the way out that God provides for us in the face of trials and temptations. Having a close, growing, personal relationship with God and an understanding of and obedience to scripture uh, that, that leads us, those things will lead us away from temptation and deliver us from evil. It, it's something that we prepare for. It's not something that in the moment, oh, now magically have all the willpower that I need. I'm living in this relationship with God and and because I am, I don't have that, that draw toward temptation anymore. I can stand up in the trials and the testing. I'm, I'm delivered from evil because of that relationship with God and my, uh, my relationship with the living word of God. We uh, printed up these cards. Man, it's been several years ago now, and we've, we've distributed them at, at different times. Uh, there's some there on the, on the back because, uh, table because I think some of you uh, probably don't have these. Uh, we, we just called it questions to live by, and we came up with five questions to ask ourselves uh, on any given day uh, in order to try to say, well, am I really in the place where I need to be? Am I okay in my relationship with God? Am I, am I uh, uh, doing what I need to do to, uh, to, to draw close to him? Uh, five, five questions, just real quick. And I th- Yeah, they're up there on the screen. Uh, have I met with God today? Pretty important in a relationship that we would uh, meet with the person that we have a close relationship with. Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? There's a, there's a couple of sermons uh, loaded right in there. Do I see Jesus in the mirror? In other words, is his character being developed within me? Who have I served today? Am I close to someone far from God? Those five questions can really make sure that we are on track in our relationship with God, that we have this this growing, authentic relationship. They're not magical questions, but they can point us toward faithfulness to God and maintaining that relationship with him. If you are walking in that relationship and you're doing your best to learn and obey what God uh, says uh, and, and what God wants for your life, then, then, I mean, I believe you've won 90% of the battle with temptation already before it ever even comes. Second Peter 1.3, there's a great promise where God says that he has, quote, given us everything we need for life and godliness. But I'm not sure that we live like that's true. Many Christians today still struggle with temptation and, and with persevering under trials because they're not using those resources that God has given. But we have everything we need in order to live this life with God. So praying for God to help you in the face of temptation is also a commitment to use the resources that he's already given you to help you stand up 
under it. It's not just this magic prayer, God, lead me not into temptation, uh, deliver me from evil, I'm going to go live however I want to live, but, and you just need to put this little bubble around me, I'll be bubble boy walking through life, and, and you'll just, you'll just uh, keep me from all the bad stuff. That's not at all what this scripture says. It's, God, I am pursuing you with all of my heart, and I want to live for you, and man, there's still some stuff that, that, that tries to draw me away, but I want you more than I want anything else. I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm going to spend time with your people. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, pursue you with all my heart. And because I'm doing that, the temptations the, uh, the will, will not be as enticing, right? And, and we'll be able to stand up under the trials and the tests that may come our way. Temptations and trials will always be part of life. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, I mean, You've put yourself in opposition to evil. You've, you've placed yourself in the battle, right? Uh, living in the kingdom of God automatically puts you in a battle with evil. So there's going to be stuff that comes against you. And, and so if it, it, we're, we're going to go through difficult things. We have to deal with the effects of evil in the world. One reason God allows us to face those hard things is because we grow stronger in the face of opposition. Ask any athlete, uh, it's only in pushing through the, the tough stuff that they, de- that they develop muscle and stamina. Uh, there are things, man, I've said this a hundred times, I'm sure, but there are things that you can learn as you walk through difficulty that you will not and cannot learn anywhere else. And so God allows those things in our lives in order to grow us. And so this prayer is a prayer of trust. We, we trust that God will lead us in the right way and, and that he can and will deliver us from evil at just the right time. Throughout this prayer, uh, we've been reminded of who God is. We started off the whole first section of the prayer, right? The Lord's Prayer. Uh, we're, we're reminded of who God is. He's, he's our father, right? We can crawl up in his lap and tell him everything and, and he's, our, he's our daddy. He's our, uh, we, can, we can talk to our father, right? Our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. He's holy and righteous at the, at the same time as being our father. He's, he's, he's a holy God. He's righteous. And then he has a kingdom, so he's a king, right? And so he's in charge, and he's the ruler of his kingdom. We've learned all of this about God. Then toward the end here, we, we see that he's also something else. God is also, we are declaring that God is the one we're relying on to deliver us. He is our deliverer. It's, it's what God does over and over again in Scripture. Romans 7, uh, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Corinthians 1.10, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Colossians 1.13, he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. 1 Thessalonians 1.10, Jesus rescues us from the coming wrath. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, the Lord is faithful, he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one over and over and over again in Scripture. Uh, it says that the, the, this is one of the things that God does best. He delivers us from evil, from the evil one. Maybe you'd do well to remember those verses, maybe some or, or uh, uh, all of those verses. We put the, the references there in, on your, your bulletin. Maybe you want to print those out and put them somewhere. Maybe you want to be reminded that God is your deliverer. Maybe you need that reminder. I, I hope that, 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 uh, that, that you can come back to those things to remi- remember that God is your deliverer. When we pray this prayer, 
We're saying that we don't want to give in to temptation. We don't want to succumb to evil. And we are declaring that, that we need God's help in order to do that. We, we won't resist temptation. We won't stand up against evil's influence without the help of God, our deliverer. It comes back around to where I started today, not with the obese fly, but, but uh, uh, where I started today with uh, uh, that, that we need to desire, the desire of our hearts has to be to avoid sin. To honestly pray this prayer, you and I have to want to avoid sin. I think if I said, show me, give me a show of hands, how many of you want to avoid sin? You'd all raise your hand. And that's great. And I hope that that's true. Do you really? I mean, if we're really being honest, I mean, yeah, I want to avoid sin. Well, I mean, most of it, right? I mean, I don't want to get into all the bad stuff. But, you know, there's this one habit or this, this little vice that controls me or, or there's this uh, way that I tend to talk to certain people and, and my attitude isn't always the best in this situation and, and I'm, ah, I'm really holding a grudge here. And I was, you know, I mean, everybody's talking at, the, at work about all the, and the person and the thing and the stuff and the... And, but you know, I'm pretty much, I mean, I'm pretty much avoiding sin and evil. John 3.16 is, is the most famous verse, verse in the Bible. Many of you could probably quote it. It wraps up the Bible so well. God loves you so much. He sent Jesus. If you just believe, uh, you will receive and have eternal life. And that's an amazing verse. It's an amazing promise. It's the gospel all wrapped up in one verse. Uh, but, but the problem is that not everyone believes, so not everyone receives, right? Uh, not everyone wants to believe. Actually, that's addressed just a few verses later in John chapter 3. Verse 19 says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Rather than uh, come to God for deliverance and have their evil exposed, many people prefer to just stay in the dark. They prefer evil over deliverance. They prefer to just, if they're quoting this prayer, to just recite those lines but not really be committed to avoiding evil. An old story tells of a desert nomad who, who awakened hungry in the middle of the night, and he, so he, he lit a candle in his, in his tent, and, and he began eating dates that he had in a bowl uh, beside his bed, and he took a, a bite from one, and he realized as he bit it and looked in that candlelight that it had a worm in it. And so he threw it out of the tent, and he grabbed another date, from the bowl and he took another bite and he saw another worm and he threw that out of the tent also and then he thought you know if I continue to do this I won't have any dates left so he blew out the candle and ate the rest of the dates there you go many there are who prefer darkness and denial to the light of reality Even though God, through Jesus, has brought the possibility of living in the light of his truth and righteousness, people prefer the denial of the dark because their deeds are evil. They can hide in the dark for a while anyway because sin can't live in the light. So when we keep things hidden, when we try to tuck back those bitter feelings or that bad habit or that lust or those secret sins, uh, they they never get better. They, They don't go away. They actually fester and grow. But when we expose our lives to the truth of the light of God, 
It's only then that we can deal with sin, root it out, and allow God to deliver us from evil. It's a prayer of trust. I'm trusting that God will lead me well, that his way is right, and that he will help me to stand up against the seduction of sin, and he will give me the strength to persevere in the face of suffering. Ultimately, I think it's a prayer of hope. We have hope that the evil one does not have to have the final say. In the end, evil does not win. Our God of deliverance has already overcome sin and death through Jesus' death and resurrection. So we can trust him to deliver us from evil. We put our hope in the fact that a day is coming when evil will be no more. Again, these these words, this prayer that you probably learned somewhere in your past this line and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from it can just be a throwaway line and we move on but there's so much packed in there you've got to want to not be affected by sin and temptation you've got to want to overcome those those trials and and tests and temptation and and allow God to overcome and and deliver you through them it's a commitment it's a it's a trust it's a hope It's a reliance on God to do his work in you and through you. In the face of the things that you come against, that you will come against maybe before you even leave this this, uh, building today or maybe this afternoon or maybe at work this week, there are going to be things that entice you uh, away from God and toward, toward sin. We can put our trust and our hope in God that he will lead us well and that he can and wants to deliver us from evil. Father God, I pray that as you walk us through this week, that we would follow you closely, that we would uh, dig deep in that relationship that, that you desire to have with us, that, that you'll, you'll show us many, many times this week how much you love us. Lord, I pray that as we walk hand in hand with you this week, that you would lead us not toward temptation, but that in walking with you, we'll be led away from those things that don't please you that you would you would work and move in our lives so that our deepest desire is to please you and and not be drawn toward anyone or anything else lord i pray that you would protect us that you would guide us that you would encourage us that you would help us to be your people in this world lord i thank you for the opportunities that you're you're going to bring our way to to bring your presence to uh to the 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 life that we live We pray that you would guide and direct our steps and we commit our ways to you. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.